It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is, once again, your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, the owner of KAAM Radio and co-host of this program, which is always diligently seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I sit here with my co-host, my attorney, my friend, your protector, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you? Mighty adequate. Mighty even with a bad voice, you're mighty adequate. It just sounds bad, right? Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm very adequate today. <laughs> very adequate, okay. But you're, I think you're adequate every weekend, you tell me. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good thing or not, but I guess it's better than inadequate. So we'll go with that. Um, today, you want to talk about palliative care versus hospice. First of all, I'm not even sure what palliative means. It's like, is it a painkiller? What does palliative mean? And then maybe you could explain to us how it's different from hospice. Yeah, and then we'll talk about the seven, some different documents of end of life, because these, both these things uh, are types of care. It's a lot of confusion, mm-hmm. and that's why I thought, just like you're asking, what's the difference? I mean, you know, hospice, most people have heard of hospice. It's Both of them are like, I want, it's a holistic approach. I want more of a quality of life mm-hmm. than a quantity of life. Yeah. Maybe if you have pain killing, you know, having these drugs or whatever you have to go through, um, it may be more painful than it's the 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 pain the pain may be greater than just staying alive. I mean, yeah. so so Someone a lot of times to me the other day said to me, um, this person is in pain. I can tell and having a hard time walking, and the person said to me, I'm not living like this. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. It's the quality of life. Yeah, it's side effects. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. And you say, gee, is it really worth it? People want a quality. You know, just like when you think about living wills, you're saying, look, if I uh, didn't, I mean, that living wills aren't really applicable for hospice, but if you're going to die within six months, right. usually hospice, you think uh, you're going to die within six months anyway. Right. Um, so. You know, you, if somebody has this chronic illness or that's uh, or an illness that is serious enough, typically, uh, you know, somebody has heart issues or COPD or cancer, dementia, Parkinson's, whatever. Um, but that could also be true for palliative care as well. There's a difference uh, on hospice. You just say, I just want to keep me comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing to it as far as it's not just uh, so they're not going to give you drugs other than those that keep you comfortable so you might have uh, I guess there could be some um, 
you know, some blood pressure medications might be something that that keeps you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Morphine but, or something like that? Well, or? yeah, that's certainly uh, something that gives you less pain. Yeah. yeah I, I know I've had people on the on uh, their <laughs> documents, uh, their end-of-life documents, give me as much morphine as humanly possible. Wow, I, I never heard that. Goodness. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, it, usually when you think of hospices, the original definition was you're supposed to die within six months. But, of course, a lot of times it's hard to determine if somebody's really going to live within six months. Now, Medicare pays for hospice. So does Medicaid, for that matter. Um, So a lot of times they'll say, oh, okay, Uh, people go in and off hospice. Mm -hmm. So they may be off hospice for a while. They live for more than six months. They might put them back on. So Medicare could cover that, um, but they try to make a judgment as to whether that the doctor has to try to make a judgment, which is an imprecise science. Sure. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so uh, you know it, it, but usually it's somebody they have to determine is close to death. Okay. Um, but uh, the difference is that although both palliative care and hospice care are on the quality of life, uh, the uh, on palliative care, they could have some curative efforts. Okay. In other words, um, they might try to give them something this or that to try to recover uh, where you wouldn't do that on hospice care. You're still going to have the, you know, the chronic or serious illness toward the end of life probably that your or your life is limited. But you're going to have some uh, that could give you some curative efforts. Uh, by the way, there's usually a team. It's not just the doctor. There's a lot of times there's nurses, social workers, therapists, mm-hmm. spiritual counselors. So it's more of an emotional support. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the goal on hospice is, you know, to die pain-free. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you have family, to be surrounded by family or friends. Mm-hmm. Um and and similarly, you'll have a team on palliative care uh, as well. Uh, however, it doesn't necessarily have to be, unlike hospice, it's not like there's a determination that you're going to die within six months. Sure. It's just mostly the holistic approach, and they can make have curative efforts. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of different documents that for end of life. So again, this is really to improve your quality of life have less pain, less stress, less discomfort, go by what you want, less hospitalizations on palliative care. Um, So what are the documents that are common that are more end-of-life type documents? Um, The first thing is it doesn't have to be end-of-life, and that's a medical power of attorney. Who makes the decisions for you if you lack mental capacity to make it on your own? Now, you could combine a... um, medical power of attorney with a living will. Living will is the the pull-the-plug instrument. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people do that. There are statutory forms. So you don't necessarily have to have an attorney to do a medical power of attorney. There are standard forms. And probably most people use that. So the state legislature um, has this language that they use in Texas. And every state has things different. In fact, they're called different things from different states. Sometimes they're called health care surrogates. Sometimes they're durable powers of attorney for health care. So it varies from state to state. Um, Texas has its language. Um, even though you really should 
a statutory form is perfectly fine and maybe should be used, uh, I usually like to add extra stuff because I haven't had problems. So we might say, oh, my agent can make uh, decisions for funeral arrangements. They could do different things like, um, oh, uh, make uh, housing arrangements besides hiring and firing caregivers and making those medical decisions. Um, you know, there's lots of different things that you could add. I mean, I add probably pages and pages mm-hmm. of extra stuff uh, just because I wanted to give as much possibilities to do whatever it may be. I remember, and I may have told this story years ago on a program, where we had um, somebody had a medical power of attorney that they wanted, the clients wanted to have as broad as possible because they believed in quality, not quantity of life. And they had four sons, and they chose the order of the four sons by their age. Now, usually you just go by who would make the medical decision she would make, mm-hmm. but they didn't think there was a problem. Anyway, six months later, the wife had cancer, a bad cancer, and the dad, who was the agent for his wife, um, well, he he uh, thought, well, I'll just talk with the family and just go over the stuff with them, see what their feelings are. Well, he was surprised and very disappointed to find out that the eldest son, who was named as a first agent after him, was being influenced by his wife and said, look, I believe that we should always try to stay alive as long as possible. And But that wasn't their desire. Their wishes were, I want, and they tried to make it clear in the document as much as possible, that they wanted just a quality of life, mm-hmm. not a quantity of life. He was so distraught about this that not only first he changed the pecking order, removed that son uh, from being an agent, but he thought that his children would not listen to him and what their desires were by based on that conversation. So he drove off a cliff and committed suicide. Really? Literally? Literally. Literally did that. Awful. That's what the children told me later after he died that he that was this story was related to me by the children Terrible. after his death. Mm, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so uh, that's a medical power attorney. Medical power attorney, you get to choose who you want. Um, the directive to physicians, we call it the lock, a lot of people call it living will, but technically the term is a directive to physicians. This is the living will uh, that basically says two things. Um, if, you're con- if, you're gonna, if you have a terminal condition, if you're going to die within six months, even with medical assistance, either keep me alive or let me die as gently as possible. Again, most people want a quality, not quantity of life. Just mm-hmm. thinking about all the bad things that through history of man on executions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Europe recently, and we went to some place, and they showed all the different forms of execution. But when you think about uh, how things have changed over time, um, you know, when, oh, I hate to be so grotesque, but you know, you think about the guillotine, they want a clean mm-hmm. shop, or today uh, um, you want a shot mm-hmm. so that you could die as painlessly as possible uh, because we feel like we want to die gently. Mm-hmm. And so really mankind hasn't changed, um, and so most people want to die as gently as possible. There are different types of living wills. Um, there are most people use the language that Texas has, and you could put more specific provisions in there. Um, but there are Jehovah's Witness living wills, like spinning of the blood. 
Um, there's Jewish living wills where how to be buried uh, quickly and pine box and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are Catholic living wills saying the sanctity of life. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you the story. Oh, I had a, a client came in with his priest. Did I ever tell you the story? I don't know if that did. The client came in with his priest. And I told him, I said, you know, there are different types of living wills. I figured what he's came in with his priest, he must be very strong in his Catholicism. And he, I said, so uh, there's the statutory language uh, that you could add on to. Uh, there are uh, Jehovah's Witness living wills. There are Jewish living wills. And there are Catholic living wills. He said, there's Catholic living wills? I said, yeah. He said, can you run one out uh, and read it to me? So I read out a Catholic living will, and I said, you know, we believe in the sanctity of life. We want to live as, as long as possible, holy sacraments, and go through various things of Catholicism. Uh, and uh, then I got my glasses, and I looked closely, and I said, but most importantly, I would like to inflict upon my heirs as much guilt as humanly possible. And I said, now this goes back to biblical, I mean, this shows that Catholicism is based on Judaic law. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Funny word, guilt. Uh, uh, What's what's also, well, I wanted to ask you a question first before I make a statement, and that is, when it comes to these wills, um, does the issue, speaking of I want to live a quality versus quantity of life, the issue of euthanasia come up? You know, it's sometimes that does. People want to. Um, I, I remember one time, you know, I'm asked to speak a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I was asked to speak to a group, and this is years ago, uh, and somebody asked me, How do I get a hold of Dr. Kevorkian? Oh, boy. I said, I don't know. Call 1 800 Kill Me. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess he's passed away now. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, the but there's ma- others who are probably doing the same thing, I would imagine. Well, there's some states, you know, Oregon, whatever, mm-hmm. that have more uh, liberal laws to uh, in connection with that. And, you know, as time goes by, that may become what actually occurs. You know, they shoot horses, don't they? Right. Uh, so, uh, um, you know— we don't know what the future is, but laws seem to be going towards that direction. So uh, that may be the case in the future. And we might think of today is somewhat barbaric in the fact that we aren't doing uh, allowing uh, the right to die. Right. I mean, that's that's what the whole idea of a living will to begin with was the Cruzan case where she wanted to have the right to die. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's a directive to physicians, and and you know that's pretty standard. Both the medical power of attorney and the um, medical power of attorney and the directive to physicians are pretty standard things. Okay. And basic, basic. I mean, I I had my two daughters when they were eighteen sign those documents uh, because I thought they were pretty things that everybody should have. Yeah, that's smart. You know, when it comes to a lot of this planning that you're talking about, uh, I happen to see on television few weeks ago um an ad and i was surprised because i'm uh, often struggling with legal zoom for example not that we're going to name names um and now there's trustandwill.com so i guess they want a piece of that pie too and you can get some kind of uh plan in place for as little as 159 dollars oh my goodness michael 159 dollars what can you really get which is basically nothing, not even worth the paper it's written on for that amount of money. But And I'm, I'm kind of setting you up here, but I think it's dangerous to do something like this. You're better off, in my mind, and this sounds a little reckless, having nothing. 
Well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I mean, I think that um, it's better to have something than nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's not that necessarily that those documents aren't valid. Right. Uh, a lot of times, he just doesn't know what you. You just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Remember, I think it was. I don't remember if it was last week's show or the week before. We talked about somebody. A client told me, "Oh, my sister wants a will," and then I told you, "Well." Based upon what you should do there, the um, uh, the husband was a veteran of wartime, uh, and and they were going into assisted living. I said, well, you could have a will, but if you would have had a certain type of trust, you would save $2,300 a month for the remainder of your life. So it could have had a will. You just didn't know what you just didn't know what your options were. So it's kind of like making a diagnosis uh, on yourself. Um, I don't know what I have right now. I have I'm kind of nasal. Uh, I'm not sure what I have, mm -hmm. uh, and so probably maybe it, I should be going to a doctor to determine what that may be. Maybe. And uh, so it's not that something is. Uh, maybe there's problems with the documents that may, you know, we see often that they may be more expensive, like, for example, on a will to probate a lot of times because they don't say that the executor is independent or there's a power to sell or the self-proving affidavit at the end doesn't have Texas language. There's a lot of things that you could often see which ends up being more costly to probate. Uh, doesn't mean it wasn't valid. Uh, so it could be valid, but it just may end up costing more. Or if they had some sort of statutory form, like on a power of attorney, it didn't give the ability to do extra powers that we often do to plan for public benefits, costing thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to somebody. It wasn't that the power of attorney wasn't valid. It just didn't. You just didn't know what you didn't know, right. and it could have been your for something a little, just a little more. You could save. You know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, mm -hmm. and so, um, so the problem is, is that you, you know we're going to see this in all sorts of things. Uh, you know, eventually with AI, you know they're talking about with AI that maybe doctors, some doctors will be replaced, <laughs> mm -hmm. and so um, AI is you know going to be coming and coming and more and more sophisticated as time goes by, uh, and so perhaps they could ask the all the different questions. I know I had an attorney uh, who was in the Austin area said, can you give me a list of the questions that we could ask people when they call on the phone for Medicaid? I said, oh, my goodness. You know, first of all, <laughs> there's like over, oh, how many hundred, 209 Medicaid programs, each with their own rules? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, tell me what the, the amount of questions that have to be asked would be um, – uh, my, you know, endless. And so, I don't know. I don't recommend that um, you do surgery on yourself. Yeah, I'm opposed. Um, artificial intelligence is a thing. It's never going away, probably. It just has to be controlled and not dominate our lives. Uh, I'm more about natural intelligence. Um, I'm more about in-person and this is what I think you're implying in that is to get some attorney locally to look it over so you can tailor a plan, not just go with some boilerplate approach like trust and wills or dot com or something like that. I, don't, I just don't recommend it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Just um, uh, consider all of your options. And I think the best one is someone face to face in person who is an attorney who knows the laws locally and can help you accordingly. So. 
if you wanted to use Michael Cohen, which I strongly recommend because he's my attorney and it should be yours, is, uh, the first step in that direction is to attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, June the 3rd at 10 o'clock. They're very valuable workshops. They're in person. Where are they located, Michael? Oh, at our office building, we have a conference center, uh, it's, which is um, our office building is, uh, if you know, our Medical City Hospital, which is at Forest, near Central Expressway 75, okay. uh, just south of 635 LBJ. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it's, it's very close to there. Very easy to get to. Uh, and uh, we, you know, have had this workshop going on for a long time. We've been mm-hmm. doing it for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those workshops, we are free. They're two hours uh, to sign up for the next workshop on June the 3rd that you just mentioned. Uh, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas elderlawyer.com. That's dallaselderlawyer.com. We ask people what they want to know, and then we proceed over those couple hours to not only give a small presentation on basics, uh, whether it be about state planning or Medicaid uh, or other public benefits, uh, uh, depending on what people want to know, but we answer your questions in those two hours. Uh, You'll learn something not only you know, what your questions, your answer to, will hopefully be made, but also you'll learn from the questions of others. Uh, if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, then we also give a free one-hour vision meeting. We schedule you uh, if you'd like. It's no obligation, and there's no op- it's no cost either. Uh, again, uh, to do that, so it's basically three free hours of legal education, not to mention the free KAAM coffee mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, by All you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 telephone number. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Nice thing about this is that it's in person. There is no artificial intelligence. There's no deep fake videos. It's Michael face-to-face answering your questions about your specific situation and circumstances. I don't think there's anything better. So it's worth the drive. There's no traffic that Saturday morning. So do it. And I'll be surprised if you don't want to go to the free vision meeting uh, after that, when you set that up with Michael's secretary the following week, you'll see it's three free hours uh, spent very wisely. Michael, about uh, two, three minutes left. All right. Well, then I'll go over some other things real quickly. Um, Out-of-hospital DNR. So if your heart stops beating, mm. then you could, the paramedics, you could have some document that says, don't resuscitate me. It's, this is really used, uh, you know, if you have somebody else that lives in the home with you. If you're okay. single, how are they going to find out? He's oh, <laughs> you know. But usually you'll have, like, on the refrigerator or something like that, the mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't, DNR. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't resuscitate me. Mm-hmm. Um, don't use heroic measures. It has to be signed by you. It should be signed by the doctor. Okay. Uh, a declaration of mental health treatment, we don't see that very often. This is about, you know, very if you have mental health treatments like convulsive therapy, psychoactive medication, emergency medical treatments, and what your desires are. Declaration of guardian, the ventilator and competence are neat. Sometimes powers of attorney are superseded by guardianship. Uh, I could tell you a case, I don't have the time, but sometimes siblings uh, squabble. And uh, so to prevent a lengthy lawsuit where attorneys are involved, you can say, if I ever need a guardian judge, this is the pecking order that I want. Uh, Personal care plans, uh, these are 
Um, so you could say all sorts of different things on how you want want to be treated. I had somebody this week that says, okay, if I'm ill, I want to be go to various museums other than the one particular one. I'm not going to say their name. Uh, I, I want to be outside, but not when there's mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be all sorts of things. Oh, I want to stay at home as long as possible, you know, uh, but I don't want to. I want to I'm buried. I want to be buried in my white satin dress with my boots on and on my tombstone say wind beneath my wings. Right. Uh, you know, you could go into, uh, we had one where, oh, I want to have, have this wake and uh, these people are to speak and then I want some um, uh, gospel singers to sing these songs but not to be paid more than X as I, and then I get buried in my Under Armour sweats near a li- under a live oak tree in okay. Tyler, Texas. You've seen it all, heard it all. Yeah, yeah, really. So you can have all sorts of different things. So there's personal care plans. A disposition of bodily remains, particularly who's in charge of your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, especially if you want a cremation, you have to get permission of the children, let's say, unless you've already taken care of it. And so somebody may disagree. Or if there's a dispute uh, amongst uh, family members on who's in charge of the body or a funeral, mm-hmm. uh, as you may recall on the Tatiana Jefferson case, the woman who happened to be in Fort Worth that was shot by the uh, police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, um, the family wanted a, a big ceremony at Potter's Church, but the father um, wanted a private ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, under Texas law, if you don't have a disposition of bodily remains, the law is just like on wills. It tells you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it goes first if you have a spouse, a spouse decides. If not, your adult children. If not, your parents. In this case, she was an adult but was not married, didn't have children. Uh, and so her father got to decide, and unfortunately he died three weeks later. Goodness. But he was the one that got to make the decision. He went to court because to follow Texas law. So you could have your own pecking order if you wanted to. You just have to do the document. That's particularly important in cremation or some other type of thing that you wanted for the end of life. Uh, we've also talked about, uh, if, if, about a month ago, we did a show on ethical wills. It's not a legal document, but just telling your values to your loved ones of what was most important important to you, uh, what lessons can be learned, uh, and what they think that they should know that will live on from generation to generation. Yeah, very helpful. It makes me think of those murder mysteries when you find out you want to go do another autopsy or and it's too late because they did a cremation. Like, oh no, well, there's no autopsy now. When the body's cremated, there's nothing left but dust and ashes. So um, it's very interesting when that happens, but it's complicated. A lot of this is. So we strongly recommend you attend Michael's next workshop on June the 3rd at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is a Saturday. To do so, dial 214-720-0102 or go to Dallas Elder lawyer.com. Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Doc. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. 
a talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.